Good morning, everybody. God bless you all, and welcome to London Family Center. Wherever you're joining us from, you're very welcome in Jesus' name. You can be with us here every Sunday morning on Facebook Live and YouTube Live. Uh, UK is still in, in partial lockdown. This week, the government in England, uh, they announced certain relaxation of the restrictions. So I think within the next two weeks to three weeks, we should be able to see things some degree of, of normality. In terms of the church, we're still not sure how that's going to look, but I, I, I should expect within the next 10 days, we will have a date for the first time that we can have some form of meeting in this building. What form that takes, I don't know. I think we may have to come in one entrance and leave through another entrance, etc., etc., and have hand sanitizers, all the usual stuff you've, everybody's now become used to. In terms of this week's meetings, they're, they're, they're pretty much the same in the WhatsApp groups, etc. Thank you for uh, participating through lockdown in all those different groups and prayer meetings. So it looks like we're coming to the end of lockdown, right? But one of my thoughts this week is, has God achieved in me? what he wanted during this time. This is the most unusual moment for hundreds of years. I mean, who would have thought that churches would be closed? Yeah. Who would have ever thought that all the nations around the world, the Christians were going to be at home? That fathers, perhaps for the first time, are going to be praying with their families at home? Who, who would have thought that we would have ever been in this situation? But this week, rather than rushing to, to get out of lockdown so quick, I'm just considering, did God achieve in me the goals that he would have had in his mind through this time? Or did I remain distracted by the issues, by the problems that I was facing as everybody was facing? Did God do in me? Father, reveal to me what your will was. And in these last few days, even if it's 10 days or whatever, there's still time for God to complete his purpose in me. Let, let me begin by stating the title of this week's message. It's called Death by Distraction. And this is what's been on my mind this week. Very profoundly, I have to say, the power of distraction to take us off course. Many times in my life, members will come to me, you know, and often it's older members in their 50s, 60s, 70s, and they're quizzical about their lives. They're, they're people who have they've acquired a degree of wisdom by living so long, and they look back, and they look at others, and they realize that perhaps they didn't achieve the will of God for them or something was missing in them and they often want to talk to you you know can we talk and they'll begin to reflect on their life and say you know pastor what do you think was wrong with me what was it in my life that caused me to miss the call of God or the will of God because I think I did and you know what so often these people they're good people yeah. they're gifted people they're called people but they are distracted people. They're people who just because of everyday life, Jesus called it the weeds and the tares, you know, the, the, the cares of everyday life. Just because of the cares of everyday life, they somehow miss the, 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 the specific personal goal of God for them. Distraction is a very powerful thing, more powerful maybe than you realize. 
The French had some gruesome forms of execution. Um, and one of their forms of execution was actually called distraction. And they would take the pitiful soul and they would tie each of their limbs to a horse. And then they would slap the horses and the horses would take off. And the person, the reason it was called distraction is because the person would be pulled in every which way onto death. <laughs> the title of today's message, Death by Distraction. So I believe distraction causes many to miss their call. But before we even get to your calling, distraction, I believe, causes many people even not to see Christ. It, it, it affects salvation. In Glasgow, I was there for many years pastoring and we had a very active evangelism team. They were out a couple of days a week and there was about 25, 30 of them. They loved that ministry. And I expected to see a lot more souls saved than we did. I mean, for the amount of work we did. So one day I went down into the city and Glasgow has a pinnacle. It's called Buchanan Galleries. And you can stand there and you can look on Saturday with two big streets. You can see a long way and you can see thousands of people. So I went and I stood and I prayed. I thought, Lord, what's the blockage here in this city? I mean, we are interceding. We've got all night prayer. We've got so many passionate evangelists on the street. Tell me what the blockage is. And I heard this sweet, gentle voice of God in my ear. The people are distracted. Yeah. And I suddenly, it's like I looked at the street and I could see they were rushing here. They were rushing there. So distraction not only can stop a Christian from achieving their calling in life, but a, a, a distraction can prevent lost people from focusing on Jesus or even being able to hear that gospel. I grew up, as you know, in Belfast in the middle of a war zone. And I've shared this testimony before, but one of the biggest and most you know, scary moments of my life was there was a bomb. There was a big explosion in my street. A hotel was blown up by terrorists but in the preceding weeks to that bomb those terrorists made many distracting phone calls they phoned and they phoned, and there was no bomb there's a bomb in the building and everybody had to leave and they did this multiple times until the people were so distracted that they didn't react when the bomb was actually there distraction can stop me fulfilling my call distraction can keep people from salvation but I want you to see that distraction can be absolutely devastating if you're not mindful of it and conscious of it and strategically fighting against it. I can remember when I got saved, the night that I got saved, it was a Thursday night and I sat in a Catholic church on my own and I was repenting and I can distinctly remember perceiving Jesus for the first time in my life, I could see Jesus for the very first time. What a wonderful experience that is. Think of your salvation. I don't know how more succinctly you could put it. Salvation is seeing Jesus, perceiving him for who he is. Now, what a wonderful start. <laughs> what a wonderful start to the Christian life. You've seen the Lord. And you know what happens next? Life life happens and we all begin our, our born-again journey with that wonderful you know beatific vision we see Christ we know that he died for us we know that he was raised to life for us and we begin well 
but then life kicks in and the distractions kick in and we lose that immediacy of his presence we can lose that focus proverbs chapter 4 proverbs chapter 4 and verse 25 it says this let your eyes look straight ahead fix your gaze directly before you give careful thought to the paths of your feet and be steadfast in all your ways do not turn to the right or to the left and keep your feet from evil so last few days we've just been praying about this whole issue of distraction and we've been thinking what, what would be a strategy that we can employ in our lives and we offer to you to employ in your life to make sure that all the distractions are removed and we want to give you eight points that we've come up with the first one is a very practical point not a spiritual point let's start practically and that is we can start by diminishing the practical distractions yes. that cloud Jesus out or or stop me from pursuing the purposes of God let me show you this in Hebrews chapter 12 Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 therefore since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses let us throw off everything this is not talking about sin yet let us throw off every single thing that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out before us fixing our eyes on Jesus the perfecter and the finisher of our faith I just want to draw your attention to one thing there's many things in those few scriptures there but first of all before we talk about sin throw off anything else that may be distracting you good things and bad things that may be actually stifling you and you don't realize it like what <laughs> things like what well oh dear here we go again the phone <laughs> consider is my phone in any way a distraction let's be more specific are there apps in my phone are there games in my phone that are taking up unwarranted time unhealthy amounts of time are there social media apps in my phone that are beginning to become a distraction to me if so delete them or police them and get them under control and do not permit them to become a distraction we both recently turned off our notifications I think that was a really good thing to do because when your phone is beeping it's just that little distraction that can take you off the Word of God or the purpose of God for example for when we are staying in our prior time in notifications no yeah is, uh, disturbed. yeah amen and that's that's kind of new for me I've always left my phone on but she she's taught me this and and we've both, we've both we both do that now and I find that very very effective yeah. I'll be honest it's a surprise to me yeah. I, I didn't think it would be so different I, I, I sleep with my phone beside my my head forgive me but maybe I shouldn't do I shouldn't do that but just recently we both put our phone on flight mode when we go to sleep so it's we knock it off about 11 o'clock or whatever mm -hmm. and it's not back on but the difference in the, 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 the sleep is immensely different yeah such peace comes when you take discipline and control over those yes. interventions excellent strategy yeah. Yeah. yeah notifications maybe you need to turn them off for the moment apps are there any that are distracting you and for heaven's sake get some time 
with that flight mode. Look, if the world is going to end, you'll find out soon enough, okay? If Britain gets invaded, you're going to find out soon enough. You don't need Bing to tell you. You'll soon know all about it. The second thing I would say can become a distraction is relationships. We see this in Jesus himself, actually. Last week, we read this scripture. He was in a house, and he was teaching. He was preaching in the house. And what seemed like a good intervention, some men come along and say, excuse me, Jesus, your mother is outside. You need to go now. But Jesus saw it as a distraction. And he said, excuse me, who is my mother? Who is my brother? All these people who are doing the will of God, this is where my focus is right now. So that shows us practically that there can be good things. It's very good to go and have you know, a cup of tea with your mother. No problem at all. But Jesus wouldn't be distracted from the purpose of that moment. So be careful of good and bad. Secondly, what strategy can we have? As we were praying this week, particularly, and I really felt this heavily this week, the singles. About, let me put it in one sentence. Don't date a distraction. Definitely don't marry a distraction. (laughs) But don't even date a distraction. If the person that you're thinking of, 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 that you should have a relationship with, does that person have a role in the purpose of God for your life and because if they don't they're going to become a distraction you're going to become a very unhappy person because ultimately you're going to have that itching desire to fulfill the will of God for your life don't date a distraction remember Ishmael came a long time before Isaac Abraham couldn't wait and Isaac and Hagar that 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 whole situation really was a distraction to Abraham and you must be be disciplined and patient and I would say that both for ministry and for marriage and for life be very careful of distractions in the year 2016 my spiritual father said fixing your eyes in Jesus in this moment I single Hmm. But the follow year, God give me my boyfriend Praise the Lord. and yeah. then my yeah. husband. Yeah, <laughs> sounds so simple. Sounds so simple. Yeah. You know, and, and it can even be hurtful to yeah. someone who, who who's lonely or lost out there. It can sound so simple that, that you know you're hurting me. Do you think I'm stupid or whatever? Do, mm. um, but the fact is, it's hard to fix your eyes on Jesus. It's yeah. work. It's spiritual battle to fix your eyes genu- genuinely on Jesus. I'll, I'll show you this in a moment. So thirdly, only fight the battles that block your destiny. Only fight the battles that block your destiny. If I permit the devil to distract me on battles on my left, which are none of my business, to drag me into arguments, which are none of my business, I'm not going to be fighting the battles I need to fight. And I need to have my energy for the battles that concern my destiny. That's the problem. So only fight the battles that block your destiny. Find your destiny by fixing your eyes on Jesus. Then fight the battles. Many times they tried to get Jesus into an argument. He wouldn't answer the questions. They tried to take him here. He would not do it. Rigidly he was focused on the task for which the Father sent him. A great example to illustrate this is King David. When Jesse gave David the bread and and the cheese, he says, go and visit your brothers and find out what's happening down there with Goliath and all this. When David turned up, if you remember, the older brothers despised him. I think they were frightened of him, to be honest. The older brothers despised him and they started mocking him. 
and belittling him. Who are you and why are you here? I think David was probably a pretty strong guy. He killed a lion and a bear, right? I think David could probably wipe out these brothers. So they were probably intimidated by David in multiple ways. And that shows by mocking him. So they mocked him and they tried to drag him in to an argument and a fight that was not part of his destiny. But David so just swipes it aside. He looks to Goliath. This is my battle. And that was indeed his battle that saved Israel and eventually brings David to the throne. Good piece of strategy, King David. Only fight battles that block your specific destiny. When I was in Ireland, in, in Dublin, praise God for Peter Finch as a pastor and a guide over many years. He, he's an excellent man of God. And we, it, was, it was the early days of, of um, the church in Dublin. And one day I got a surprise letter through my door from Satanists. Satanists personally addressed to me, dear Michael, <laughs> this is what we're going to do to you. And this list of horrific things they were going to do to me and our church and all this. I was just shocked. I'd never had such a thing. So I took it. I went up to Peter's house and, I, and he was my cover at that time. I said, look at this. What will we do? What are we, how are we going to fight this battle? And Peter said, take that and put it in the bin. Wow. Have nothing to do with this fight. Focus on what we're doing with the church planting. What a good, wise piece of advice that was. And I want you, just take a moment. What battles are you fighting? And are these unnecessary bait type arguments that you're constantly being drawn into? That is a strategy from the devil of distraction that's taking your energy and probably preventing your overall goal and calling. Be careful. You're going to have to be more discerning than that. Number four, stop trying to make peace with people who don't want to make peace with you. Hey, I will make peace with everybody in my life. The Apostle Paul says, as far as it's possible for you, make peace with, with all people. As far as it's possible. And I'm sorry to say this, but it's totally true. Some people just want an argument. And if you continually give your focus and your attention, this is going to be an endless argument that can go on 10 years, 20 years, and all your, 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 your strength and attention has gone there. That's a distraction. So I give people plenty of opportunities. I give them plenty of chances to be at peace with me. But if you're going to just continue with arguments, no, I'm done with this. As well, the Bible says two things. As far as it's possible for you, live at peace with everyone. But secondly, if they don't want peace, kick the dust off your sandals and go. And don't waste time on that. That's an equally important and valid piece of advice from God there. Number five. So we're talking about getting distractions out of our lives. Number five. Pray for discernment within you to be greater than the distractions. That your discernment will be able to control them, to identify them. How many times has God spoken to me and I didn't hear him because I was distracted? How many times has God wanted to give me an opportunity, an opening, to do, he wanted me to do something, or he wanted to do something for me, to me, through me. But because I was so distracted, I missed the moment, I missed the opportunity, I missed that occasion. Because of the noise of this life, 
the, the cares of this world, as Jesus puts it. So I pray for you, and I pray for me, that this will not continue, but that God would give me a greater discernment so that I'm able to see what is a distraction and what is the will of God. Number six, go with your gut feeling. Learn to get in contact with your own spirit, your own feeling about things, your gut feeling, your, 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 you know, being led by the spirit and learn to go with that. Be careful of the opinions of people. If you remember, King Saul was so concerned about what the people thought about him. Right? Now remember, God eventually removed him. Uh, Saul was, was so concerned about the people and what they thought and this and that and the other. You, you can't live your Christian life that way. We care about people, but don't let the opinions of people control you. That is no good. And it will definitely come between you and the purposes of God for your life. Jesus Christ had a purpose. And many people tried to get between him and his purpose. Uh, a big example is the Apostle Peter. Yes. So Jesus turns to his leaders one day and he says, It's to Jerusalem I must go. And there I will be put to death. So Peter has another opinion. And there are many opinions. And Peter gets in front of Jesus and says, You know, don't go to Jerusalem. This is an opinion that could become very distracting. But Jesus immediately dismisses it and says, Get behind me. I need a clear view of my future. I need to have clear vision. And I pray for you, do, unapologetically, put behind you the opinions that don't line up with the will of God. And for heaven's sake, if you're going to take advice from people, take advice from people who know what they're talking about. Uh, that's what an advisor is. And, and Advisors need to be qualified. They need to be spiritual and they need to be qualified in what they're advising you on. Don't just take advice from anyone. Because sometimes the near person is useful for the enemy. Absolutely, yeah. A man's enemy shall be the members of his own household. Yes. That's scripture we read last week. And then very gently and sensitively, we have to still pursue. Jesus had these same, same problems within his household. Amen. Number seven, don't get distracted by the pain. Sorry to say this, but anyone who follows God with any sincerity, you're going to have pain. You're going to have pain anyway. You may as well have pain for following God, right? And get a reward for it. There's pain in this life. But don't let the severity of that pain and the longevity sometimes of the pain, don't let that get you off the track that God has called you to. Again, a great example of this is Jesus. This is a very moving example, but it's very true when Jesus was on the cross and you, you can't even begin to fathom how much agony a cross must be how painful that must be and as he was on the cross remember they shouted up at him get yourself down from the cross finish that why stay there in the pain you healed other people now heal yourself come on get down and they were trying to get him to, to give in to the pain and not achieve the goal of salvation for you and Jesus would not be distracted by the pain he saw through the pain and he saw you uh, and you know quite rightly as churches or, or pastors we emphasize the mercy of God the goodness of God the love of God but please today I want you to see the focus of God the determination and the focus of Jesus that even with a cross on his back he would not be deterred from salvation may God give us the same strength 
and determination to fulfill our callings also and lastly and eighthly th these are very strange and distracting days in which we live absolutely the pandemic the chaos going on around the world that is distracting and I want you to remember the Apostle Peter what a wonderful example when he saw Jesus he saw Jesus in the distance and, and he jumps out of the boat and as long as his focus remains on Jesus without being distracted Peter begins to receive miracles he's walking in miracles but because of the the waves and the pandemics and the problems Peter he took the bait and he looks down at those waves and then down he goes four or five weeks ago we began this lockdown series by saying look up and as we come to the conclusion of these lockdown days I say again look up for your Redeemer draws near uh, the days I don't know how long we've got left but we need to make the best out of these last days I want to conclude with a, a wonderful scripture I was reading it yesterday in in 1 Samuel chapter 3 and verse 8 1 Samuel chapter 3 and verse 8 this is the story of Samuel and Eli and how God's calling had to come to Samuel more than one time and if you are watching this morning wherever you are as I began this message by by talking about people who have who have missed it well maybe you missed it the first time maybe you missed it the second time but our God is a very good God and I pray that this morning you hear it <laughs> whatever it is you've missed that God wants to say listen to this 1 Samuel chapter 3 and verse 8 I think it is the, the uh, verse 3 the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli in those days the word of the Lord was rare and there were not many visions one night Eli whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see was lying down in his usual place the lamp of God had not yet gone out and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark was then the Lord called Samuel Samuel answered here I am and he ran to Eli and said here I am you called me but Eli said I did not call you go back and lay down so he went back and lay down again the Lord called Samuel a second time and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said here I am you called me my son Eli said I did not call you go back and lay down now Samuel did not yet know the Lord the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him a third time the Lord called Samuel and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said here I am you called me then Eli realized that it was the Lord who was calling the boy how gracious is that and even though you may have been distracted you may have been sleeping you may have been doing many things I pray this morning we pray this morning for God's Word to come to you again whether it's the second or the third time remember Mary and Martha when Martha was busy Jesus did not say to Martha Martha you're distracted by many things he didn't he said Martha Martha he said her name twice just like here with Samuel three times it, 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 almost like he says Martha 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 pay attention Martha I'm talking to you put your name there whoever you are Mary's Mary's I'm calling you give me your attention refocus get your eyes on me I want to speak to you before this 
lockdown finishes. Praise God. May God bless you. And we pray that all distractions, practical, spiritual, good and bad, are removed from our lives and from your life. And you achieve the purpose and the will of God for you. Pray for us, Marys, and okay. we will conclude. Amado Señor, te damos gracias por esta palabra que tú nos regalas en este Father. día. Danos la revelación, Thank Padre, you, para continuar trabajando Bless en este enfoque, people. Bless Señor. The homes, Lord. Queremos que pongas, Señor, todo en nosotros para que tengamos la decisión, Señor, de poner nuestros ojos en ti y que no los movamos, Señor. En el nombre de Jesús, Señor. Queremos orar, Señor, con acción de gracias, Señor. Y nos determinamos a seguir. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. En el nombre poderoso del Señor Jesucristo. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Thank you. God bless you. Please be in our weekly meetings this week and we'll see you again next week. May you have a distraction-free week. <laughs> in Jesus' you. name. Bye-bye. God bye. bless you.